Hello, Convention of State podcast listeners. Normally, we reserve this channel for audio versions of our live broadcast, COS Live and the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. But as a bonus, we like to occasionally release some historic legacy audio for your enjoyment. Hosted in Colonial Williamsburg in September 2016, this event featured commissioners from all 50 states to perform a test run of an Article 5 convention, the largest experiment of its kind. The simulation proved that this process really will work just as the constitutional framers knew it would. Over a period of two days, the commissioners ultimately debated eight proposals and passed six of them. This is part 11 of the general session of the COS simulation. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I, have a, I have an amendment and, a, it, and it, I think it goes to the heart State, state the amendment. Uh, the heart of our republic, and it's in section two, uh, in lines two and lines three, uh, delete three fifths. And my my reason for this, uh, Mr. President, is our our nation has operated since its inception under the concept of majority rule. Uh, if we can go back to breakfast this morning, had uh, Patrick Henry's proposal required a three-fifths vote, Virginia would have never voted to go to war. And uh, there are times, it's easy for us to go back and say, hey, we made it more difficult to raise taxes. But the flip side of that is we go home and we say, we made it more easy for minority rule in our country. And we've graveled and complained and growled about things like the uh, North Carolina uh, bathroom decision and how it seems like the minority, the, that small groups hold such great influence over our country today. And I think we're deviating from a well-worn path in this nation that served us well, and that's majority rule, and therefore I offer this, this uh, amendment, Mr. President. So as I understand the amendment, Commissioner, is uh, to delete the three-fifths requirement that Congress shall not impose or increase any tax duty imposed excise without the approval of the House of Representatives of the Senate and shall separately present such to the President. That is correct. Thank you, Mr. President. So just to clarify, that puts it at a bare majority of Congress, puts it back puts, to... Just like any other piece of legislation, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, is there a second to the motion to amend? It is. Got a second from Ohio. Second to the motion, discussion to the motion to amend. If you're standing, it is to the, let me come to the maker of the motion for, for comment. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I rise in opposition to this amendment, uh, to the amendment, because uh, uh, two things. One, I would observe that I'm not sure what Section 2 does with that. And uh, secondly, I would point out that there are many parts of our system of government that requires a supermajority, not the least of which is Article 5 itself, 
for the amending process, both for states calling for a convention and states ratifying any amendment. It's most appropriate to set a high bar for a major decision that will have such great impact. And the raising of taxes is one of those issues that I believe does deserve more than the majority. I will be voting no. Okay, we're to the motion to amend the substitute motion as stated. We'll go to the gentleman from Nevada and we'll come to Florida. Sorry, we've got to. I would observe that the section two as under the proposed amendment, um, removing the three-fifths, essentially is redundant. It says Congress shall not do what um, it wants to on taxes unless Congress approves that. So logically, it's uh, of no value with that amendment. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner. The gentleman from Florida, we'll come back to Virginia. Thank, thank you, Mr. President. I think uh, we see the, uh, the argument. I would call the question. Question's been called. Do I have a second? Second. Second from Arizona. Uh, Chairmen of your delegation, the, 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 the motion is to call the question on. Point of order. Yes, yeah, state your point. Did the gentleman speak before he made his motion? If he did, it's out of order. No, I, I, think, he, I think he stated the, the motion. The, um, to call the question on the, motion, the amendment as, as stated, deleting the three-fifths requirement. To call the question, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, nay. No. <laughs> to the question of the motion now, we've, we've, we've cut off debate now, to the question of whether or not to pass this amendment, chairs of your delegations, please say aye. Aye. Opposed to passing this amendment, please say nay. I will rule that that motion fails. We are back to the underlying substitute motion as amended. Let me come to Virginia. Thank you, Mr. President. I believe that the amendment, or rather, I believe that Section 2, as I have previously mentioned, really is unnecessary. And I believe that this approach would be actually strengthened in terms of gaining support across the country were we to strike the second section and move forward. And I hope that there will be an amendment to do so. Thank you, Commissioner. Let me just remind the, the body that we are now at 210. We have an hour and 20 minutes. We still have two proposals after this one that uh, we still may consider uh, time permitting. Uh, this is now to the underlying substitute motion. Uh, let me go to South Dakota. Call the previous question. The motion is to call the question on the substitute motion as amended. Do I have a second? Second. Second from? Tennessee. Tennessee. So this is a motion to call the question on the substitute motion as amended. The question is whether or not this proposal shall pass. Uh, chairs of your delegation, actually, well, this is the ultimate question. Mr. Secretary, would you do a roll call vote? 
Yes, state your point. Yes, so the vote is whether or not this proposal as amended shall pass. So this is on the ultimate question of this proposal. Point of order. Yes, state your point. We did not do a voice vote on calling the question to my Oh, my apologies. My apologies. So whether or not to call the question. No, I think we did. Did we not? We did. No, we did a vote. It was overwhelming to call the question. Hmm. We are now on the question, a roll call vote on the question of whether or not this proposal shall pass. Mr. Secretary. Alabama. Alabama votes aye. Alabama votes yes. Alaska. Alaska votes yes. Arizona. Arizona votes yes. Arizona votes yes. Arkansas. Arkansas votes yes. Arkansas votes yes. California. The once and future golden state of California votes yes. California votes yes. Colorado. Yes. Colorado votes yes. Connecticut. Yes. Connecticut votes yes. Delaware. Delaware votes yes. Delaware votes no. Florida. No, no, Correction. No, no. Delaware votes yes. Delaware, was that correct? Sorry, Delaware, Delaware votes yes. 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 Delaware votes yes. I'll get it. Florida. No. Florida votes no. Georgia. Georgia votes no. Georgia votes no. Hawaii. Abstain. Hawaii abstains. Idaho. Votes yes. Idaho votes yes. Illinois. No. Illinois votes no. Indiana. Yes. Indiana votes yes. Iowa. Yes. Iowa votes yes. Kansas. Kansas is glad we stayed here to work and, stay and votes yes. Kansas votes yes. Excuse me, Mr. Secretary. Point of clarification, yes. Gentleman from West Virginia, state your point. on the table we're actually on this proposal is that correct that's right the amendment to the substitute passed and so that's what's on the screen is the amended substitute motion we're now voting on the ultimate pass Got or it. fail I of the I amended substitute sorry I thought I heard an additional amendment to strike section two and I wanted to make sure I was inviting voting I, to strike section yeah I think two. that was a that was a comment without a without a motion as okay. I as thank I you Mr. President did that Mr. Kansas, Secretary, continue, please. Kansas votes yes. Kentucky. Kentucky, yes. Kentucky votes yes. Louisiana. Louisiana is absent. Maine. Maine votes no. Maine votes no. Maryland. Maryland votes yes. Maryland votes yes. Massachusetts. Massachusetts votes yes. Massachusetts votes yes. Michigan. Michigan votes yes. Michigan votes yes. Minnesota. Yes. Minnesota votes yes. Mississippi. Mississippi abstains. Mississippi abstains. Missouri. Missouri votes yes. Montana. Montana votes yes. Nebraska. Yes. Nebraska votes yes. Nevada. Nevada votes yes. New Hampshire. New Hampshire votes yes. New Hampshire votes yes. New Jersey. No. New Jersey votes no. New Mexico. New Mexico votes yes. New Mexico votes yes. New York. New York votes yes. New York votes yes. North Carolina. North Carolina votes yes. North Carolina votes yes. North Dakota. North Dakota votes yes. North Dakota votes yes. Ohio. Does Ohio have a vote? Are they present? No. Ohio votes no, or they're not present. Ohio votes no? That is correct. Ohio votes no. Thank you. Oklahoma. Oklahoma votes no. Oklahoma votes no. Oregon. No. Oregon votes no. Pennsylvania. No. 
Pennsylvania votes no. Rhode Island. Rhode Island votes no. Rhode Island votes no. South Carolina. South Carolina votes yes. South Dakota. Aye. South Dakota votes yes. Tennessee. No. Tennessee votes no. Texas. Texas votes yes. Utah. I'm sorry? Utah votes no. Vermont. Vermont votes yes. Vermont votes yes. Virginia. Virginia votes yes. Washington. Washington votes yes. Washington votes I mean, yes. Sorry, no. Washington votes no. Washington sorry. votes no. <laughs> West Virginia. Yes. West Virginia votes yes. Is West Virginia delegate still caucusing? Clarification, West Virginia yes? Yes. West Virginia is a yes. Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a yes. Wyoming. Wyoming votes no. Mr. Chair, the votes are yes, 33, no, 14, three abstentions are absent. Chair rules that uh, proposal passes. We have an hour and 15 minutes and uh, we have two proposals left. We've got the third proposal of the Fiscal Restraints Committee and the third proposal from the Federal Legislative Executive Jurisdiction Committee. And uh, we'll see what kind of time we, we work through. This has been a phenomenal day and great work and, and exciting to see this moving forward. Let's see where we get on these final two proposals. We recognize the commissioner from Colorado. Thank you. Mr. President, as uh, chairman of the Fiscal Restraints Committee, I move our proposal number three, which is a line item veto authority for the president. Is that the end of your presentation? And I urge its adoption. Motion is to adopt uh, proposal number three from the Fiscal Restraints Committee. Do I hear a second? Second from Tennessee. Discussion to the motion. Do we have this on the screen? We do, okay. Any discussion to the motion? Yes, California, Commissioner from California. Mr. President, I wholeheartedly endorse uh, this proposed amendment. Uh, it allows the President to serve as a check on pork barrel spending in Congress. If anything he vetoes uh, by line item is something that the Congress has termed to be uh, necessary, they can always override his veto. This will restore some important fiscal sanity to our national legislature. Thank you, Commissioner. Further, further comments, further comments to the uh, Further discussion to the motion? Yes, the gentleman from Oklahoma. Thank you, Mr. President. We're here meeting to restrain federal power, federal government, and the executive branch. This empowers the executive branch immensely and lets them use this as a tool as retribution and different, different strategies with, the, with Congress. So I would wholeheartedly not support this uh, proposal and ask us to consider whether this was empowering federal government or, or restraining federal government. Thank you. Further discussion of the motion? Uh, Commissioner from Nevada. Thank you, Mr. President. My concern is that this uh, is not broad enough. It only concerns appropriation bills, and I'm concerned about writers on any bill. I like single subjects, and I like line item uh, veto on any bill concerning any subject. So I would offer an amendment and strike the word. I'm sorry, Commissioner, we've, we've, we've gone to 
where you've already spoken to this. You Sorry. need to state your motion at the beginning. Perhaps uh, as we go through, someone else may be able to make that motion. Thank you, Mr. President. Let me go to the commissioner from Oregon. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I rise in opposition to this amendment for the very reason of separation of powers. You have a legislative branch that's responsible for crafting legislation. You have an executive can, branch. Can you, can you speak closer to your microphone, please? Separation of powers, ladies and gentlemen. You have an, a legislative branch responsible for crafting the laws. You have an executive who is responsible for executing those laws. I fundamentally believe that this induces or it provides legislative authority to the executive. And that's fundamentally wrong. It's fun it goes against absolutely the core of, of what legislating is about. And as state legislators, you understand how difficult it is to navigate and get a, a bill passed or packaged through their, your legislature, how difficult it is in, in the Congress for the leadership to, to navigate and try to get the re requisite number of votes to, to move things forward and to provide the executive, the president, the ability to legislate through this ma manner and fashion, I think is absolutely and fundamentally wrong. And I'd urge you to vote no on this particular measure. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, let's come to the Commissioner from Arizona. Thank you, Mr. President. Senator Lesko from Arizona. I rise in opposition to this amendment. Uh, we in Arizona have experienced this personally when the governor had line item veto power and it was used to game the system and take away power from the legislature and give it more to the governor. And thus, I would encourage people to oppose this amendment. Thank you. Let's go to the Commissioner from Kentucky. Thank you, Mr. President. Case in point on this particular issue that we debate here, I would probably I, I oppose this uh, legislation as it stands. I think of a bill that might reach the president's desk that was including heavily funding for Planned Parenthood. Yet other legislators had been successful in putting in some good issues pertaining to pro-life. Yet the president vetoes the pro-life, sends the bill back, you do not have the votes to override, and you are stuck with a vote that you're for Planned Parenthood. And I think this vote, this issue can have a reverse effect, thus lending many congressional members and even ourselves in a very precarious issue. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner from North Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, friends, maybe a generation or so ago, this might have been a good idea, but we live in the age of the imperial presidency. And rather than adding to their power, we need to be putting them in shrink wrap. So I stand in opposition to this. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner from Ohio. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. President. I rise in opposition to this amendment. Uh, in this power, if given, because of your political philosophy, conservatives, they could do something to liberal proposals. And if Ms. Clinton were elected and got this power, what happens to conservative proposals? It gives the ability, too much ability, for the president to hold. Welcome back to the Convention of States. Uh, live simulation, we're broadcasting live all over the world. And this has been incredible. I'd like to introduce Senator Dr. Tom Coburn, formerly known as Dr. No, or still maybe known as Dr. Re retired no. former senator. Retired <laughs> former senator, Dr. Tom Coburn. Thank now you Dr. Yes us. to yes. Convention of States. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, 
Senator, let me ask you this. What have you thought about the entire process so far, and especially what's going on right now? Well, one, given that this is a mock convention, I love the intensity of the legislators. They're not taking it lightly. No, they're not. They're, they're looking straight at this. And, and, you know, these are issues that are really dear to them, but they're also issues that are really dear to the American people. And so even though we're in mock mode, it doesn't seem that way at all in this room. The thing that has impressed me the most is the careful consideration that these guys are applying to the job that they're doing. Right. Right. I th you know, it, it, it's exciting for me to see uh, the thought. You know, the, these aren't new concepts. They've been talked about a long time. Yeah. And that you can tell these members, uh, these commissioners, have actually thought about all these things for a long time and thought about the downside as well as the upside. So I think some really reasoned judgment in the room, which is what I would expect out of the actual convention yeah. and knowledgeable people coming. To, to, to make their points. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. The quality of the what's been offered has been very good as well. The thing that I liked, uh, we were talking about this, we were talking about this earlier. They're not just willy-nilly passing things. I mean, right. they, they have shot down proposed uh -huh. amendments. They're amending them with thoughtful consideration. I think it's very impressive. Shot down things that are good ideas and things they're for, but they want to make sure they... They get it right. How does this change? How, you've been traveling the country encouraging people right. to consider this process. How does this change or impact how you talk to people about it now that you've seen it in action? Well, you know, I, talk, I don't think it changes at all how we talk about it. What our problem is, is not enough people know about this as the solution to yeah. solve the lack of confidence, the lack of effectiveness, the financial irresponsibility that's going on in Washington. And when they find out about it, they're excited. So, one, my hope is, is a lot of people hear this and get to find out, wow, what's going on? Yeah. And, and number two is, you know, we can say we'd had a, a mock convention and, you know, there wasn't anything stupid here. That's right. <laughs> or out of control or right. any of those no, things. Yeah. No, and, and, you know, and the rules are set. The rules have worked very effectively yeah. in terms of guiding people within certain parameters. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to be very helpful. I hope it's talked about a lot. But most importantly, I hope more people find out about what this wonderful solution our founders gave us, George Mason gave us, to be able to do this. Well, and I think, I think that's the most important piece because this is a solution that is in our Constitution. It is constitutional and is the only avenue we have as citizens using our state legislators to fight back about against the federal government's right. overreach. I mean, yeah, this right. is it. This is the only process we have, yes? Well, what about just the, uh, you know, they always tell us just keep, you know, elect good people and it'll solve the problem. Look, you come out of the belly of the beast in D.C. for how many years? <laughs> well, look, are we going to solve it just by electing No, you? and th there are great people in Washington. I, 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 I'm not, I, the quality of people is fine. The motivation is what's wrong. Yeah. And, and The structure you know, needs to change. Well, here... You know, actually, every decision in Washington is made on two points. What's best for the country versus what's best for my political career. Hmm. And unfortunately, we have people who are long-term servers anymore where the number one goal is getting reelected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we heard today in one of, the, one of the comments about the average length of service that used to be in the late 19th century and the early 20th century versus how it changed after World War II. Right. And where we had these long-serving people. And basically, what they, they, they came to Congress because they'd been long-serving in their states. <clears throat> and 
that doesn't mean they're bad people, but it means their motivation is conflicted. Well, they used to, it was designed to be a citizen legislator. Yeah. It was never designed to be a career path. Right. And now it has become that. And, you know, that is part of the problem. And we can have the debate about term limits all we want, but that the fact that we're having that debate, is, I think, is yeah. very powerful. And the debate about the, the jurisdictions, the real structures of power, where the, right. where the power rests. Do you think a convention of states really can change that and yeah, shift I some think, of the power back yeah, to the I states? Yeah, I think it will really rebalance the relationship between the states and the federal government, but also rebalance the relationship between the three branches because... What our founders designed has totally been disrupted by the Supreme Court yeah, and by the laziness of Congress because they've given their power away. You mean the founders didn't envision a Supreme Court that was going to call all the shots and make all the fun? No, I don't think so. (laughs) But it's amazing if you read the history early. You know, within the first 25 years, the Supreme Court was starting to undermine the Commerce Clause yeah, and the General Welfare Clause. So this idea that seven or nine judges know better than what our founders, what our history, and what the people want, you know, is ludicrous. They don't know better. In the earlier session this morning, they passed a proposed amendment that would, in fact, redefine the Commerce Clause. Yeah. Right. Back yeah. closer to what it was intended. Because, remember, the Commerce Clause is what the federal government uses through the bureaucracy to justify all sorts of regulation. Oh, yeah. And the, and the court has not said no. Right. To Commerce Clause expansions ever since the switch in time to save nine in the 30s. Yeah. I mean, well, one yeah. time in the 90s they said no. Yeah. And, and technically, Roberts said no in the Obamacare case, but just shifted it to a, uh, to a tax. But, right. but this is a way of actually wiping out all those decisions and coming back to the original right. intent, both with Commerce Clause and, as you and, mentioned, general welfare. That's right. And, and you know, <clears throat> uh, my concept of the greatness of America is it really is of the people, by the people, for the people. And that only works if the decision, more of most of the decision making, gets made close to the people. Yeah. If it gets made in Washington, you know, I represented four mi- almost four million people. Hard for somebody to come and get in to see me and spend thirty minutes with me, and I couldn't do that with everybody in the state. It was impossible. They could, everybody that wanted to see me couldn't. So, if in fact you move most of this decision making back to the states, where you can actually hold people here. You know, we can defeat state representatives and state senators if, in fact, they're wandering on. Right, right. We can organize as, as grassroots organizations, that we can organize as concerned citizens. And if somebody's actually moving away from the principles of our freedom and our liberty, we can defeat them. Right. It's hard to beat a sitting senator who yeah. has the power of incumbency and the millions and millions of dollars that are available to them. It's hard to do that. Isn't that what Mason was speaking to when he put this in? in I mean, he basically said when the feds get outside their box, they're not going to put themselves back in the box. The states have to be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, he said, do you, do you know at any time in any part of history where somebody has self-limited their own power? Yeah. And the I idea- mean, Cincinnatus did. He walked away. But very, and George Washington. And Washington walked away twice, yeah, but, but that's a rare... Did, right. Who else has? Right. It's, it's not a common occurrence because it's not in the nature of man to give up power. And <laughs> Senator, I've seen you talk over and over again about the $140 trillion worth of unfunded <laughs> mandates that we have, this, that, and the other, and you always use that same example. And the idea that Washington, D.C. will pass any amendment or any piece of legislation that somehow limits its own power is absurd in this day and age. Well, it is. I will tell you, I have one observation, that if we're successful with an Article Five Convention of States to offer amendments, the first thing you're going to see is the things we've been talking about, Congress can Congress try to do it, yeah. You bet. Yeah. Because 
you know, they don't want to give up their power. They want to control this. And, and so the very fact that citizens are now rising up, they're rising up because of the interference in your daily life. They're rising up because of the interference in your state government. And they're rising up because the fact is, is they bankrupted this country. Senator Tom Coburn, thank you for joining us. We're going to go back and see what's going on on the floor, and we're going to continue to watch the debate. We will be back. Great. Once again, I'd like to thank our subcommittees and our committee for working so diligently to come up with crafting some great proposals here. Uh, Chairman Holman, who chaired that subcommittee, did have to leave. Uh, but Commissioner Hill, Angela Hill, she, she's still here, and she worked hand-in-hand -hand with, with the chairman of that subcommittee to craft this language. I'd like to defer to her to present this uh, proposal and uh, for the consideration of this body. Thank you, Mr. President. Certainly the commissioner from? Mississippi. Mississippi. Mississippi is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, proposal three reads, whenever one quarter of the members of the United States House of Representatives or the United States Senate transmits to the president their written declaration of opposition to any proposed or existing federal administrative regulation in whole or in part, it shall require a majority vote of the House of Representatives and Senate to adopt or affirm that regulation. Upon the transmittal of opposition, if Congress shall fail to vote within 180 days, such regulation shall be vacated. No proposed regulation challenged under the terms of this article shall go into effect without the approval of Congress. Congressional approval or rejection of a rule or regulation is not subject to presidential veto under Article I, Section 7 of the U.S. Constitution. Now, what our committee intent in this was, in the previous amendment we've adopted, we gave a three-fifths uh, vote to the states to abrogate a federal rule, law, or administrative uh, directive. This is another check and balance, whereas 25% of either house of the legislature in D.C. could petition for Congress to have to review and vote on a rule or regulation, one that is in effect or one that is proposed. So this would be another check and a more timely method for Congress to be able to address a federal rule or regulation. And if members brought this to the attention of the Congress and they failed to act on it, it would automatically be vacated in 180 days. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.